This episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast is brought to you by Specialization School. There are basically two ways you can move from a generalist to a specialist. The first is to think about all the possibilities. Pick one. Just do it, as the old Nike slogan says, and see how it works. Iterate if you're not happy with the results. If this way it fits your personality and, and your business and your needs, then you should definitely do it this way. <laughs> but if you're someone who wants a more systematic, uh, methodical approach to making the decision about how you will specialize, then I'd recommend you check out Specialization School because it's based on a, on a well-tested, very systematic, methodical process for looking at all the options, evaluating those options, combining the findings of really effective market research, and then based on that, making a decision that's likely to be much lower risk than haphazardly guessing or just following your gut instinct. Although, if you have good, uh, good gut, if you have good gut instincts, you should go that route. But again, if you'd like a more uh, systematic, uh, methodical approach, check out SpecializationSchool.com. I've got a few notes today about sales that I think you'll find interesting. One of the things about specialists is uh, maybe obvious. You cannot compete on price. And in fact, you should not. And the, the whole idea of competing on price as some sort of specialist is completely opposed to the idea of having specialized extra valuable expertise. So in terms of sales, that brings up the question of how how do you sell your services? And this is not, you know, this episode of the po- this podcast is not going to teach you how to sell your services, but I do want to point to two interesting things that I think you'll find relevant. One of them was a answer on Quora that I came across recently, and I'm just going to read it to you, um, and I will do my best to attribute it to who it comes from. This is, so these are not my words. This is just me essentially pulling something that someone posted on Quora and reading it to you because it's super relevant. So the question is this, how do high-end retail salespeople know whether a customer is serious? And the answer comes from Mark C. Greer, who I'm not exactly sure what his background or pedigree is, but his answer, I think, really points to some relevant, interesting stuff. So Mark C. Greer says the following, Over 17 years in sales in various forms, I started noticing a pattern. You'll know the moment they, meaning the prospective customer, starts bringing up objections. Most beginner salespeople think an objection is resistance from the buyer, but it is actually the moment they decide they are going to have a more serious interest. Often the beginner loses the sale when the objection can't be conquered. When that happens, it's either due to a failure to understand your market and your product, or your product has failings that must be rectified by the executive team. After several years of making sure I understood my product and its competitors thoroughly, and making sure I'm selling a great quality product, I know the moment a customer initiates a question raising an objection that I will make the sale. Related, I've also noticed that selling points and statistics don't sell people unless the customer asks for them. 
When I volunteer information, it has no effect, maybe even has a negative resistance-building effect. But when I stop trying to push selling points on them and just let them ask the questions they want, the customer is more likely to buy. This is certainly not the first um, time I've heard, heard somebody say it. The first time I heard somebody say something like this was Alan Weiss in one of his books. And he still, even to this day, in his uh, giant reservoir of uh, automated tweets, <laughs> tweets out this, this, this core idea that if you encounter objections from a prospect, that's a good thing. That means they are interested enough to not ignore you, to not try to shoo you away, but they're interested enough to actually try to understand what you're offering. And that often comes out in the form of objections, which are basically questions. And again, the presence of those questions is a very strong indicator that there's actual interest and maybe even buying intent behind those questions. So I love it when I see the same idea crop up in multiple domains or disciplines. So this is someone, I don't know if he's talking about B2B sales or retail sales. The question, of course, was about retail salespeople. But regardless of the specifics of this, it's a different enough domain. He's not, he's clearly, he's clearly talking about selling products and not about selling professional services. But when you see the same thing crop up in multiple domains, it always to me, uh, sort of raises my antenna, and and I, I become very interested in whatever I'm seeing crop up in those multiple places. Because if something is relevant and applicable and effective in multiple different domains, that I believe means that there's something there that you should pay attention to. The other thing I want to toss out there about sales which is not so much about objections, but just an observation from my own experience. The fastest I have ever seen someone move from asking questions, maybe having some objections, moving from that place to the place of, Philip, let's talk about how we can work together. In other words, they're sold. We just need to work out the details. The fastest I've ever seen that transition um, happen is when I diagnose someone's problem with startling accuracy. And I'm not saying that I can do this all the time, but if I'm operating in the sweet spot of my expertise, then I can do that a lot. I can diagnose someone's problem with startling accuracy. And what that means is my prospective client will hear in what I'm saying about them, a very accurate depiction of their problem, of their situation. It's almost as if I'm reading their mind. I'm not, I don't possess that ability, but I do <laughs> have, you know, focused on my market and the problem that I'm trying to help folks solve for long enough and with enough focused, steady, inquisitive attention that I can do that. And when you can do that, I believe you'll see something very similar, which is, um, now, and I'm not saying you diagnose someone's problem, you know, five minutes after you meet them. There very likely is a 
phase before that where you're asking lots of questions. But when you move into that, okay, this is the diagnosis uh, phase of the sales process, and the diagnosis is startlingly accurate, it increases trust in an almost magically rapid fashion. There's a formula floating out there for writing a sales page called the Pain Dream Fix Formula, PDF. And the idea is that if you're going to try to sell something, whether it's a piece of software or your services or uh, a product that has some sort of problem-solving function, the way you want to structure that written sales presentation, this would also apply, I think, to a video and maybe even an in-person sales presentation. But most of this um, guidance about the PDF formula is applied to written sales presentations. In other words, sales pages on a website. You would start that off with a description of the pain. That's the P, the, the pain part of this PDF formula, pain dream fix. So you would start with the description of the pain, and that's really related to what I just said about diagnosing someone's problem with startling accuracy. Just wanted to bring that up. I actually am going to stop myself from talking more about sales pages because it's a bit off topic for this episode and just say that that's another place where you see that same idea coming up in a slightly different domain is a written sales presentation or aka a sales page. You see that idea that you need to understand and demonstrate that you do, in fact, understand the pain that someone is experiencing that your service or product can fix. Doing that starts to establish trust right up front. And that's something to think about in your sales process.